the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to a catalog of spiritual gifts, you'll find them in four different places in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians, which is where we're at, 1 Peter, Romans, and Ephesians. Today, as we begin our time together, we do so in the book of Romans, and we'll focus in on works of service, exhortation, and giving. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. As we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians, we've taken some time to explore the spiritual gifts the Apostle Paul lays out here. We've got a great cross-reference in Romans as we catch up with Pastor Layton, focusing in again on works of service, exhortation, giving, and leadership. Here's Pastor Layton now. I love the way the New Living Translation translates the passage of Romans 12. I'm going to pick it up reading at verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Don't be puffed up. Don't be arrogant. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. And when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So Paul begins by saying that we should be honest or sober in our evaluation of the gifts that God has given to us. You know, some people are delusional. Uh, they see a gift in someone else, they want that gift, and so they think that God has given them a gift, and they try to operate in a gift that God really hasn't given them. And by doing that, not only are they not effective, but they're also not doing what they're really called and made to do as part of the body, and so the body ends up being crippled. Well, Paul wrote, be honest about the gifts that God has given you. Every part is important. God made you to be a certain part. You need to be that part and be active in that role, whatever that is that God uh, created you to be. 
In verse 6, we begin a list of various gifts here. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. Now, we're going to come back to prophecy because it's dealt with extensively in chapters 13 and 14. If service, verse 7, if service in his serving. Now, when we were together uh, last, uh, we talked about the gift of helps. Now, helps and service are similar, although they have two different words in the original language. Helps in 1 Corinthians is from antilepsis, whereas in Romans 12, the word is diaconia, from which we get the word deacon or deaconess. It refers to those who serve. The first deacons in the early church were men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who were placed in charge of providing food for the widow so that the apostles would be free to devote themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. The story, by the way, is found for us in Acts chapter 6. Now, we tend to be conditioned by the world to think of those who serve and those who lead as being in two distinct groups. If the person serves, they don't lead, or if they lead, they don't serve. But that's not what Jesus taught. In Matthew 20, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many." So Jesus said that the greatest leader is also the greatest servant, and the greatest servant is the greatest leader. Now, the seven men chosen in Acts chapter 6 were chosen to administrate and operate the food distribution program of that early church. And the first one mentioned among the seven was a man named Stephen, who's described in the Scripture as being full of faith and the Holy Spirit, a man full of God's grace and power, who performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Stephen also had an ability to teach, and uh, he had an ability to debate, and when those he was debating against in Acts chapter 6 could not overcome his arguments, they decided to kill him, and he became the first martyr of the church. Now, Stephen was not only a servant, a deacon, but he was also a leader. And in Christ's kingdom, the two are not mutually exclusive. Jesus said the greatest leader will be also the greatest servant. Now, there have been some people over the years who've suggested that Highlands may not be entirely biblical because although we have men that are called elders, we don't have people that are called deacons. Well, actually, Church of the Highlands is blessed to have many, many deacons, even though we haven't called them that. For instance, our ushers function as deacons. They serve communion. Uh, They serve the bulletins. They serve the opportunity to worship the Lord in our tithes and offering. They provide and protect an atmosphere that is conducive to worship. They are hand-chosen for both their servant hearts as well as their leadership ability. And when circumstances require them to step up into leadership, they do so according to procedures that they have been given during their training. Uh, Last week, there was a man in our service who had a medical situation. The ushers stepped in, diagnosed the situation, called 911, and handled the situation while I kept on preaching. Because, quite frankly, folks, I was oblivious to the fact that there was such an event taking place in the, uh, the church. The ushers know 
that uh, the preacher is likely to miss whatever's taking place in the congregation because they're so focused on what they're doing. If there's a major earthquake, the preacher is probably going to miss that too uh, because he's thinking it's a, maybe it's a, a move of the Holy Spirit or something like that. So in the case of, a, of an earthquake, uh, it would be the ushers that step up and take leadership. And they've been trained that uh, the first step is duck and cover. And then when things settle down a little bit, they'll, they'll ascertain the situation, determine if the, if the building needs evacuation. Um, they also uh, have the ability to take care of disruptions in the service. If someone's causing a disruption, then they have the authority to handle the situation all the way up to and including expelling the person from the premises. Unless the person they're trying to expel is another usher or an elder, in which case then we really have to have a talk. Uh, but the New Testament identifies two groups of leaders, the elders and the deacons. And the only difference in qualification is that the elder must be able to teach. Paul wrote, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. And our church is well served by our faithful ushers. We very much appreciate them and all they do for us. The next gift mentioned here is in verse 7. It's he who teaches in his teaching. We've already talked about teaching, so let's move on to exhortation. In verse 8, he who exhorts in his exhortation. Now, the application of this is, like the others, quite broad. The verb, parakaleo, and the noun, parakalesis, are compounds of two Greek words, para and kaleo, which have the meaning of calling to someone's side. They are closely related to parakletos, which is a title that Jesus gave himself and the Holy Spirit. It means advocate or comforter or helper. So the gift of exhortation encompasses the idea of advising, pleading, encouraging, warning, strengthening, and comforting. At one time, the gift might be used to persuade a believer away from a path that is leading into sin or a bad habit, or it might be used to encourage a person on the the good path, Uh, It might be exercised in comforting a brother or sister who is facing trouble or suffering emotionally or physically. It might be used to undergird a brother, a believer who is facing difficult trials or persistent temptation. It might be used to walk beside someone who is going through grieving or discouragement, frustration, and depression. And it might be exercised in helping someone carry a burden that is really too heavy for them to bear alone. The ministry of exhortation is the one of which the writer of Hebrews speaks as he admonishes believers to consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That from Hebrews chapter 10. So when we gather together as a church family or assemble for worship, We are encouraging and being encouraged in our walk of faith. The day drawing near is a reference to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the scriptures tell us that as that day gets closer and closer, the more this creation is going to seem like a woman in the final travails of childbirth. And as things become more and more difficult, we're going to need each other more and more for encouragement in our walk of faith. People who have this gift of encouragement have a sensitivity toward and and are attracted to people who are discouraged or depressed or struggling in their walk of faith. And they tell such people, don't give up, don't lose hope, don't walk away, keep on. People with this gift tend to be very, very patient 
with other people. Now, did Jesus have this gift of exhortation? And the answer is, yes, he did. John chapter 4 tells the story of Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman at a well midday. She was all alone. She came out to get her water midday so that she would not have to be there when others were around, so she would not have to absorb their abuses. She had a long history of devastated relationships. She'd gone through five husbands, and the man she was with would not marry her. The scripture says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, that's not because there wasn't other roads available. It was because he needed to go through Samaria in order to meet with this woman so he could exhort her and encourage her. Jesus confronted her about her spiritual condition, encouraged her to pursue relationship with God, and Jesus' exhortation and encouragement transformed the life of this woman. And what a way to end out the week, huh? A transformed life through exhortation. What an amazing gift. We've been exploring the gifts of the Spirit here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. At any point you'd like to review what we've already gone through, please visit us online at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. It's there that you'll be able to review past programs as well as current ones. And at the same time, you'll learn a bit more about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, where we meet, what we believe, and service times. Again, highlands.us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.